Jeremy here. Just before we get into the show, wanted to give an update. We have a new tier on our Patreon. That is the Sheikah supporter tier for $5 or more a month. You get a week early access to episodes as well as getting to pick games that you play alongside us. Each month, people in this tier can pick a game that we'll play. We'll stream it on our Discord for everyone else to see. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. We just played the Rogue Hero Ruins of Tassos game, uh, which is this roguelike, Zelda-like game that uh, is very similar to the old Four Swords games. It's very chaotic. It's very, very fun. If you want to join up in that, go to patreon.com slash chat of the wild. If you can't afford that, we do still have the smaller tier. Just a reminder, people that join in that tier, they get ad-free episodes. They also get access to our side quests episodes, where once a month we record an episode just talking about all the other games that we have been playing. You also get to pick the games that we play in between Zelda games, what we call our Gaiden games, as well as getting a shout-out. If that sounds good to you, once again, go to patreon.com slash chat of the wild sign up support us we really appreciate it anyways that's all i have so let's get on with the show hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price priceline Shout of the Wild is a part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. To find out more information, as well as other great shows, go to greenlitpodcast.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Chat of the Wild. Uh, we are done this season with our playthrough of Twilight Princess. Uh, we've saved the the princess and the castle actually two princesses really if you think about it and two and castles. and two castles yeah 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 um uh, so we, we double double duty this time link uh we saved our girlfriend which is not one of the princesses this time so yeah he he was a busy boy this time around um but uh bc and i uh are are here with uh, a speedrunner JD, who runs Twilight Princess, uh, among other things. What what else do you? Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? What else do you you run besides Twilight Princess and and that? Uh, the most recent game that I run was also Skyward Sword. I was running okay. that for a bit. I actually plan to uh, speedrun all six of the 3D Zelda games and do them all in one speedrun challenge. Okay. That's an afternoon, isn't it? <laughs> it's a it's a little bit. Yeah, because the uh, the Twilight Princess any all any percent, I take it. Yeah, all any percent. Okay, that's that because that's like about three hours. Uh, Wind Waker is it, what is Wind Waker down to now? It's about one hour ten, one hour fifteen on average, I'd say. Oh, really good wow. runs are under okay. an hour. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Really finding a barrier skip you know, really helped that run out it, a lot. Absolutely, yeah. 
<laughs> okay. And uh, um, I guess I don't know. See, I I made it about halfway through Skyward Sword, and then I, I stopped, not because I hated the game or anything. I just stopped. I, I moved on to something else, I guess. Uh, so I don't really... I haven't watched a, a Skyward Sword run before. I kind of tend not to watch speed runs that of games I haven't, you know, finished or played. So, okay. Unless it's Pepsi, man, you know, everybody, you know, no one's played that game, <laughs> uh, but that's really cool. Uh, and so I take it. Breath of the wild is also in that 3d Zelda speed run challenge. You're going to do. Yeah, it is. Okay. How's your, uh, how's your great plateau? I uh, haven't learned it fully yet. Yeah. Okay. Plan too soon. <laughs> okay. That's that's a tall order. I've I've tried to learn just a couple of the tricks and no, no, I can't even get like the cryonis skip jump figured out. I I've tried so many times. Gotcha. I got as far as like the BTB to uh Magnesis and then okay. just kind of stopped learning for a while from there. I saw that it, they used to do the BTB to Magnesis where they would have to drop down on the ground and then run for a little bit and then I watched uh Rosinern's latest speed run uh where he bounced off of something instead of dropping to the ground and and made it all the way to Magnesis and I was like okay this run is is really ridiculous now yeah it's crazy I was gonna say so uh I was watching through um one of your any percent runs that you posted on YouTube um from I think last year like maybe mid last year uh, and you had mentioned that there was like a lot changing in the Skyward Sword speed run at the time, or there was like a lot of um, a lot of new finds. Has that like kept going? Has like is the run still evolving, or is it more stable state now? So during 2019, that was the I guess explosion of tricks found. So th- there's also a really cool video. Do you guys know about the YouTube channel Lowest Percent? Is I do it not. just low percent runs lowest percent it's it's not all about low percent runs it's just the name of the channel but they have really cool videos about speed runs and tricks in them narrated by really cool runners and it just has loads of fascinating information and there's one about skyward sword i don't know if you guys know about something called the back in time glitch from uh twilight princess twilight princess has it too yeah Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, and Skyward Sword all have it, but Skyward Sword, it's it's the most useful for that game by far. Basically, uh, a trick was found that basically allows you to change memory values on different maps. And by doing that, you can set certain events to happen. And when this trick was found, the run went from five hours long to an hour and a half. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's good for any game. (laughs) Yeah, it's it, it was absolutely nuts. Yeah, because that has, you know, a limited number of maps, but they change over the course of the game. So you can just sort of break it so that, like, I want it to be the third time I play through this region of Lanayru or whatever. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, okay. That's cool. You're playing Skyward Sword, you're playing all the 3D Zeldas, but... um, Do you want to talk about your first time playing Twilight Princess? you get into it as a speed running thing or did you play it originally just first time ever playing it yeah oh i was i was like eight i think um it was my first zelda game i played and it was introduced to me by my older brother 
And at first, I was just like hardcore Mario fan, I guess. I was like, no, I don't want to play this. I'm not interested. And then I played it. And of course, you know, the rest was history. But yeah, I, w I fell in love with the game very quickly. I, uh, I was obsessed with it. And I just kind of continued playing it on and off, sort of, throughout my life. And eventually, in like 2013 or 2014, I came across speedruns. Or actually, no. When I first came across speedruns, that was years even before that. But like 13 or 14, 2013, 14, I um, started becoming interested in maybe doing it myself. I, I saw an AGDQ speedrun by MoFat of Twilight Princess, and that sparked a lot of my interest. So what I started doing was, I just had the Wii version of the game. So I uh, used that, I applied cheats to it, like hacks, and just wanted to see how fast I could beat the game with cheats on, basically. And I, I would usually get times around like half an hour, because you could just like fly and do super speed or whatever you want to do, I guess. And then I was like, hmm, I wonder, what, what if I did this without cheats? And then I started actually looking into the run and the tricks you do, and that was just way more fun than doing it with cheats. It just it feels really cool to speed run through the game, and I just got more and more into that, and just went from there. My first run was in 2014. It, how it long looks like a blast, your first non-cheat run? How long did that take you? Do you remember, or is it just too many runs ago to even think about? My first full run was four hours and 50 minutes, and I don't remember the seconds. And now I, I know your time was around three hours, or I think the time I saw most recently was two hours and like 58 minutes. Is that accurate? or? Uh, that is close. I, I have a 254 now. Okay. Yeah, it's fun. So, as... That drop from four hours to, you know, two fifty four. How long did like, how much of that was in the? I guess kind of what was the progression of it? What was it? You know, was there a breaking point where you were at four, at four, and then all of a sudden you were closer to the three mark, or was it you know just by minute over the last couple years? So I'd say between like twenty fourteen and. 2017 i i just kind of ran the game on and off here like a, a few periods of time where i was really going at it you know but not too much i i never really grinded at it too much during that time uh and there were a few times also where i maybe took a break for a, several months or maybe up to a year something around there then i would come back because i felt interested again and then in, uh i think at the end of that time, I ended up with like a three, something under 330, I think. And in 2017, I, I started seeing people kind of starting pushing more for sub three. The first person to ever get sub three had already done it, you know. Um, and I kind of started making that a goal for myself, but I, I worked myself there little by little, like sub 315, sub 310. And it just kept on getting faster and faster. And I was even like surpassing my own, like what I thought I could, could get. And I was like, all right, let's sub three, let's do it. And I just kind of went crazy from there. Like I, I grinded at the game for a few hard months, like just studying everything, figuring out what tricks I could learn and do better at, be faster at. And I, I just went at it pretty much and got the sub three. So, um, 
were there oh yeah i would say were there were there big skips uh found in between like uh 2014 or 2017 or was it a lot of like i'm just gonna get better at doing dash cancels and ledge grabs and stuff like that or um yeah so out of out of all of the 3D Zelda games, all six of them, Twilight Princess is by far the the most stubborn. It is uh it's had the least amount of sequence breaks found. Like pretty much all the big ones were found really soon after the game actually came out. Mm-hmm. So like early sitting in the sky, early Master Sword, that kind of stuff. Still tricks that we use in the run, and they were found way back then. So. Yeah, okay. whenever we find something in TP, it's usually kind of small. Or if it's something big, then it's usually TAS only. So that, that first GDQ run you saw, with a, they were doing LJAs and, and things like that already. Yeah, LJAs were a very early find as well. Okay, yeah. That, that's that, I think that's what makes it one of the... Uh, uh, it makes it really special, a, a special Zelda game to watch, especially 3D Zelda game to, to watch run. If, you, if you've if you never seen an LJA before and the first time someone pulls it out in, uh, and in front of you is just like a kind of a mind-blowing uh, event. Yeah, some of them are still really fun to do to this mm-hmm. day. It's my first time playing through Twilight Princess, so I was really excited to see Twilight Princess speedrun. Yours is actually the first one I ever got to watch. Uh, because I didn't know, I didn't look at anything about the game until I played it. Um, but it was just like in the beginning, I was super confused because like the early, um, uh, the early Master Sword, and then there was something else at the beginning where I was like, did I, did I skip ahead in the video or did I, like, completely? Yeah, it, yeah. It's just like edited weird, but, um. I think it's always like interesting to play through a game and then uh, see someone just completely obliterated. I think that's the best part about speedrunning. Uh, it is tr- a trivial thing, but the puzzle for the Master Sword, uh, where you have to move the two statues, watching mm-hmm. you do that like so quickly. I'm sure you you've memorized it by now, but watching you do that so quickly uh, versus me trying to do it in the like eleven o'clock at night with the fever uh, was super impressive. I just want you to know that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I, I hear um, uh, runners of this game, like bring that up a lot where they'll be like, Oh no. And now we're to the hardest part of the game. No, not really. I, I just, you know, it, it's just a pattern. It's just a pattern guys. Don't worry. You can learn it. <laughs> it is. It is the same every time. And after yeah. just a couple runs, you, it, it's just muscle memory. Um, yeah, I think it's it's funny that um, when you do back in time, because that that gives you the uh, the links tunic is green tunic. It gives you the master shield, master shield. What the Hylian shield? Uh, but it gives you, you don't get the master sword. He doesn't have the master sword in that cutscene, right? So you only have the the Orden sword. It would be op if it did give you the master sword. You just that that would be really helpful <laughs> if they had done that just for that cutscene. Because why not? Yeah, just don't have to do early master sword at all. You ha- you already have it. Yeah, and that and that's the the one of the benefits of running because you you don't run uh, HD, do you? No. So yeah, that's one of the, they they put a wall there in uh, in HD that that stops you from being able to do that. So yep, um, that's a that's a great benefit to just having. 
having the uh the, the GameCube version, I take it. So although I know there's one person out there who likes to run the Wii version. I can't remember what their name is. There are a couple of them. You'll you'll probably think of runners like Deesh or Habrino. Okay. Maybe a little bit of Simikins. Those are some some people I know who uh like to run the Wii version too. That's the only version of it I've actually ever played. Not even I haven't even played the uh the HD version before. Mm. The Wii version was my I first think... too. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say are, are there any skips or tricks in general that were super difficult for you to learn or um that you still haven't gotten like the hang of yet? Um I'd say I have a hang I have the hang of all of the tricks. It's a matter of how consistent you can stay at them because to to stay good at all these tricks, it takes a lot of practice, and a lot of these tricks are in the first half of the run. Basically, the first half of the run, like you had mentioned earlier, you didn't know if you'd like skip through the video or not. It's it's jumbled around a little bit. There's tons of sequence breaks, sequence breaks you do, tons of big tricks. Um, there's a trick 15 minutes into the run that often scares away new runners because it's just hard for them to get it for the first time or learn it. So you just have to like keep at it and eventually you will get the trick and figure out how it works. And once you figure out how it works, then you can just kind of adjust yourself from there and figure it out. Yeah. Is that the, um, <clears throat> like bringing the Moblin or trying to get the Moblin to follow you over? Or not yeah. That's the one. The, that's the, yeah, that, that is, a that is, that is a, a rough workaround for that. But I mean, it's basically all you've got at that point. Cause you don't have a, a sword. So you've got to you've got to use a, a Afro bird to to kill a moblin for you. There is a beginner route that doesn't have to do that trick. So if somebody wanted to learn the run, they could use that as an option. How much time does that add, though? It's like um, I never did that route. the The route I started with was an old one, but um, I want to say like thirty minutes, maybe uh, like thirty minutes slower. Okay. Okay. Um, so what about, uh, I mean, you said it was your first Zelda game. Um, what is it when you look back on, on your, your first playthrough about Twilight Princess that really grabbed you, uh, you know, about the game that, that led you to, you know, eventually years later be like, this is, this is a, a game that, that I would like to speed run. It, it means something to me or something. I, you know, I don't know. The concept of speed running just never entered my head when I first played the game for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was when I watched my first ever speedrun, which happened to be of Twilight Princess. I actually I watched two of my first speedruns ever, like side by side. One was a Twilight Princess run by Giano, and it was like three hours and forty minutes or something like that. And the other one was a one hundred percent run of Majora's Mask, which I also thought was really cool. And that was back when it was like six hours long. Now it's like way shorter than that. Mm. Yeah. I'm I'm really looking forward to the uh to the no source requirements run uh next month. Yes. But as for the uh the game itself when you first played it like what what was it that was like all right Mario is for children this is this is what I want to play now. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what is it what is it about Twilight Princess that really grabbed you in the beginning? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Um I think that what was really appealing to me was the adventure aspect the uh the thrill i guess the idea of playing in like third person like the way you control link in a 3d zelda game compared to how you control mario um i don't know i liked the controls i liked the sword combat it was just really cool 
I don't know. Cause I, cause I would like to talk, I mean, a little bit about the game itself. Like, uh, I, I do yeah, love sure. the, the, the story in, in it as like, you're just, this link is just kind of a regular guy. Um, you, you know, usually link is just some, some kid or, you know, thrust into a situation or whatever, but you start out as like a farmhand and you got a girlfriend and, you know, you got a horse and you're just kind of, you're just kind of hanging out in the boonies and, and duty calls. But I, I, I do think that, that they were just like kind of able to, to really put in a, a fun story into this one. Um, at least a setting or, or, you know, I don't know, but that's, that's what I always think is, is cool about, um, Twilight Princess. Like when I, when I think of it, um, so I would say, having played Twilight Princess first, how did you feel going back and playing Ocarina of Time? Because I think for people like Brian and I, who you know played like Ocarina was our big Zelda game growing up, it came at this like, oh, this is Ocarina of Time, but dark. But what's it like on the flip side, where you you, know, you start with Twilight Princess and then you go back and play Ocarina? I actually loved it. Um, I, I feel like a lot of people tend to have a hard time maybe going from a newer Zelda game to an older one, but I, I loved Ocarina of Time. I started with 3D, so maybe that helped, but I've I've enjoyed the 64 version as well. I think starting with the, the upgraded versions definitely helps. Those like small quality of life improvements are awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely does... Uh... It, it it definitely does get compared to that, especially when it was brand new. Twilight Princess, uh, people were just like, "Oh yeah, it's it's like BC said, it, it's Ocarina of Time, but uh, but it's dark." Um, yeah, so yeah, that that is funny. I I I didn't think about like going back to Ocarina of Time and and uh, and trying that again because some some dungeons do have have that kind of feel to them, like they're 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 going for a, a style of 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 that game um yeah speaking of dungeons like what is your favorite like casual dungeon to play and what's your favorite uh dungeon to like speed run through in twilight princess yes yes (laughs) um even though it's not in any percent i really do enjoy speed running through goron mines it's just fun yeah i kind of wish it was in any percent but gotta go fast and all that um casually um that is a pretty good question <laughs> how long has it been since you played it casually do you even do that anymore kind of um occasionally i'll just kind of play the game and like 100% it without doing speedrun tricks for the most part sometimes i do like lja's here and there just cuz it's convenient but yeah. Uh I still enjoy doing that occasionally. I've done speedruns of it 100% too and everything, so it's it's like two different worlds, but sometimes that is still fun to do, but I know that a lot of people when they speedrun a game, it's hard for them to like enjoy it casually still. Yeah. Cuz well, you just see the game a different way. Dungeons. Yeah. Yeah. Um I mean I could see there being an appeal to like, oh, but I like that dungeon. I want to I just want to play it now. Um, what what is it about uh, Goron Mines that allow that like that you just don't need it for? Like you can just skip the bow basically in this game. So Goron Mines is uh very skippable because how how the game works with is with flags, right? So 
you get a certain item and then a, a certain part of the story is unlocked. So the beginning of the game, you have to collect three fused shadows and you get that from Forest Temple, Gora Mines, Lake Bed Temple, right? Um, and this is the same case for the Mirror Shards too. The game only actually checks to see if you have the last of each of those collections. So if you get the fused shadow from Lake Bed, the game thinks that you got the other two as well. So it just lets you go straight ahead from there. Mm-hmm. And Lake Bed, you can get into... Uh... Just barely, you know, with just enough air uh, left, right? You can, mm-hmm. you can kind of clip through that that door, which is funny because they 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 clearly wanted you to try to do that because you run out of air like right around the time your feet hit the ground and you look up at the door to be like, "Where's the door?" And then Link dies. So they gave you enough time to get down there, and then. And then to be like, no, you should go somewhere else now. So that's kind of funny that that uh, you you know you can find that that door clip for which part? Um, well, just for for the entrance to Lake Bed Temple. because um, uh. yeah, like uh, I forgot that uh, when when I was playing through this time, I for the the what is it? The Zora Queen tells you like, hey, you go help my son out. Uh, or help my people out, uh, I'll give you the ability to breathe underwater. And so I sort of helped her out, but I didn't go talk to, uh, what's his, oh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Rallis. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, so I clearly have the ability to breathe underwater now and drop down. And that was not the case, but it was just enough time. The amount of air you have and the, the, the length of time it takes to iron boot your way down there was just enough time for me to, Hit the ground, look up, and then die. So, oh right, right, yeah. It, it's kind of designed that way, and since the door is just a little bit up higher, if you can, if you can clip through that door, you you, you can just barely make it. Um, and and speaking of that temple, like, uh, using underwater bombs to breathe seems like a uh, kind of a um, almost like a sonic mechanic. Uh, h- how does that work? Does it just reset your animation? Does does the physics engine actually displace water? <laughs> um, right, so def- definitely not an intended thing to do in the game, but it, it works for speedruns really well. So be- because of that trick, we can defeat Morpheal completely without Zora armor. We can completely mm-hmm. skip skip getting Zora armor at all in the game, so we don't have to do the wagon escort at all. We don't have to do the you know the quests leading up to that. We can just go straight to Lake Bed using the pillar clip. Uh, did you know about that trick where you clip behind the wall? and enter the lake bed temple loading zone with just barely enough air yeah yeah, yeah so you use that to get in doing that. you saying that you got like a slow it, it seemed like when you were coming down you said you got a slow one as you were like ascending in the pillar and then like swimming through the wall and is there like a slow and fast way to do that or yeah there are lots of different methods for doing the trick um many of them are faster for example, like as you swim towards the spot where you want to start sinking down to align yourself with the pillar, you have to clip into it a very specific way. So you want to be at the right, the right angle, the right position, and all that. That's why it's tricky to learn for a lot of people. It was for me when I first did. But, um, for example, to be faster, you could start sinking a little earlier and double tap the iron boots so that you still continue going forward as you sink, just barely. Um, just so that you're getting down earlier, pretty much. There, you can uh, 
And then from there, it's just a matter of being optimal about when you start swimming back up, calling Minna to stop swimming upward, and uh, then clipping through. It, it's it's crazy to explain with just words, but from there, you just right. swim to the lake bed loading zone. You don't have to blow up the boulder or anything because you're behind the wall, and you can get in with just barely enough air. And then you uh, then you save and quit and come back and you don't have to go through that early tunnel section. You just they just drop you right into the the first room basically. Yep, <laughs> which is always fun when like I don't you don't think that that uh, that will save you any time because it's like well it's just the like just a little tunnel to swim through to get to the first room, but uh, it turns out quitting out and jumping back in is is still faster than doing that. Plus you would drown if you tried to go through the tunnel. Oh, okay. Cause you, yeah, I mean, are you okay? Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Okay. Since you never get Zor armor, you'll, you have to, it's, it's kind of convenient that that just happens to work. Save, save quitting and going back in just skips that room for you. It's there, there are a lot of weird things in the run like that, that just happen to work out really well for us. Yeah. There, there's a lot of, uh, convenience, um, like, Oh, Hey, thanks Nintendo. Um, you didn't intend for that to be there, but we wouldn't be able to do this if this wasn't here. Exactly, yeah. Lots of things that are oh, convenient, yeah. and some that are also very much not convenient, but that's yeah. that's, that's just TP. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that Morpheal fight is something else, because yeah, you have to use uh, bombs to... It just, it just resets your your air? Yep. That's ridiculous. It's yeah, it's weird. We'll say another favorite speed run moment of mine is um, you dropping bombs directly into the water, so you run out and you can just go grab uh, a chest full of water bombs. I, I don't know why it's really trivial, but I just thought it was hilarious because I'm like, why is he? Why is he just dropping bombs in the water? And then it made sense as soon as you open the chest. Yeah, and then you continue dropping bombs after that. It's kind of funny too. Yeah, um, and then like if you fail the the Morpheal fight, you have to drop bombs again, which uh, might get you into a tricky spot. Um, if you fail the Morpheal fight, it respawns you outside the boss door, which you don't have the key for. So you can do a couple things from there. You can either bridge clip or vine clip and just go right back into the fight. But in a run, that loses you a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Twilight Princess is a weird thing where they. They fixed the Wind Waker uh, glitch where you just kind of have to get to the loading zone behind the door. You actually have to have opened the door for the loading zone to work. That's right. R- right? Okay. Um, Morefield's door is an exception because there's actually yeah. a room in there that you can drop down into a hole with. Yeah, and the, the loading zone is is beyond, like, because there's more to the room than just a loading zone behind it. It's like uh, like Bongo Bongo in Ocarina of Time. Like, there's there's an... A, a, a hole there that you have to go down so that yeah that helps too and if that and if it, the room weren't like that you you wouldn't be able to do that clip that is so true that's another con- yeah that's another convenient thing like thanks nintendo thanks a lot yep i just and uh there's so uh so so with the uh i heard the temple of time is in in recent uh got a little bit better like you don't have to do the scale anymore you can kind of get yourself basically from the the mid the mini boss room back down to the main area and just skip the whole second half of the dungeon 
So, yeah, pretty much what the route for Temple of Time is now. And you won't see Temple of Time in any percent either. That one's also completely okay. skipped because you can clip through a statue and just go straight to Sitting in the Sky. But you'll see it in like Hundo or 100. We call it Hundo. 100% runs and all dungeons runs. I think I still think it's a really cool dungeon in the run. But what it looks like basically is you go up to the top, you get the Dominion Rod after fighting the Dark Nut, and then you save warp. So you're back at the beginning, and then you just clip through the door and go straight to the boss. Okay. All right. So yeah, it's door clip. Cool. And you get the boss key on the way up. Yeah, because I mean you can do that uh, casually too. Get a boss key on the way up, or do you need to? Do you need to have the Dominion Rod to do that? The game intends for you to get it with the Dominion Rod, but it's actually pretty easy to do it casually too, like without it. Like, I, th- yeah, I think that might have been the way I did it casually, just because I couldn't figure it out otherwise. I, I think when we played it, I was, like, I, I was shocked that, like, pretty much every chest in that dungeon you can open on your way up. Um, and even, you know, the boss key, I, I think I was able to get as well. So, yeah. Yep, um, you can get everything without having to do the statue escort. It's possible. Um, which is great, because the, the, doing the, the, doing the scale casually, I is is awful on the way back down i can imagine that like it it was uh you you had to um like move quickly across it so that like link didn't upset the scale or something like that uh when you were bringing the the big statue all the way back yeah that part's frustrating (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i'm glad you don't have to do that anymore um at what point are you able to uh skip straight to city in the sky so all that that requires is that you have map warping. So to get map warping, which is basically the ability to warp from having your map open rather than through talking to Binda, you have to uh, basically trigger the cutscene where Minna is at the where you're at Kakariko Gorge, and Minna's like, "Oh, the bridge is gone. We have to go find it." And then she forces you to warp somewhere. That that's what gives you the ability to warp with the map. So you need that for the cannon. And then, other than that, you you need Elden Twilight cleared, and the Master Sword, of course. And ideally, you do this after Arbiter's Grounds. But I think I think you can do it before. I'm trying to remember, it would take too much thinking. Um, <laughs> but you can just go down there. You align Link in such a way against the corner of the statue at a certain angle, and you transform into Wolf, and then you can just run through. Okay. <laughs> it's it's fun. Um do you do you run all dungeons or do you do like 100% and any percent mostly? Um I've done all dungeons before. I've I've done Hundo any percent and uh I haven't done no save and quit. Not a lot of people do that one, but some people have been doing it lately like Demon getting world records. Um yeah. I've also done several other categories that aren't as popular, but um, I I, I came up with this one. Those. Yeah, there, oh, there's you, this oh, one yeah. that I'm kind of proud of um, called 200%. You'll find it on the extended, the category extensions leaderboard. Um, hmm. But basically what it entails is doing the requirements of 100%, but also more things like getting every chest to um, opening all of those, doing like every side quest get catching every fish because there are there are things like that that the 100 percent speedrun doesn't require what that usually requires is just um 
getting everything on the inventory screen. So like all heart pieces, upgrades, items, things like that. But this one does like everything or close to everything. That's cool. Yeah, it was actually pretty fun to run. Time difference between that and a normal hundred percent run. It's about like three hours. Jeez. Oh wow. Okay. Is that a nightmare oh. to path out, or is there a logical way to approach it? Or... Um, routing it was interesting, but I had help with it. I had a good friend help with optimizing the run. I I originally wrote the route for it by myself. But uh, I'm no incredible router, so it was like fairly good, but not like the most optimal it could have been. Then, then my my friend came along and helped make it much faster and more in line with the tricks that the 100% speedrun does, because that's always been you know optimized by the community because it's one of the main categories. Mm-hmm. And you can you know the Zelda games, you can usually find someone to to help you route things. It's there's enough people out there playing it that you're bound to find someone that'll uh, be interested in that. Yeah, pretty much. Um, please, you talked about the community a bit. Um, how important has the community been for like your progress, but keeping you interested in the game? Uh, like, do you do you typically just you know play on your own and? ignore everyone else or is there like a lot of discussion and collaboration that you're a part of i i didn't used to talk to the others as much but lately it's been picking up because a lot of people have been hyping up the community a bit lots of people have been going for really good times crazy amount of people who have sub three now it's insane i was i was the fifth person to get it and now there are about 20 who have it so that's been really cool to see um Lots of excitement happening, and I've I've been making some some good friends in the community. Yeah, lots of really cool people. Awesome. Is there anything that the community is kind of working toward now? I know you said before sub three was kind of the the goal, but is there any sort of like skip or big trick that people are trying to figure out right now that they're kind of pushing toward to advance the run? So I guess that that would kind of be barrier skip, kind of like what Wind Waker had for the longest time ever and then eventually found. Uh, the barrier in front of Hyrule Castle that I guess I guess there are two of them. There are two different barriers at different two different parts of the game. And ways I, I think it's theoretically more possible that we'd be able to skip the first one. And the first one is basically where like the first time you go to Castle Town, you can go up to the north part. And there, there's just like the normal gate with the guards in front of it, right? And you just can't get past it. Mm. We've gotten close. You can you can use tricks like map glitch to go around the boundaries of the map and then go up behind the wall. But there's still another wall there that prevents you from getting through at all. And we just haven't found a way around that. And it's definitely not helpful that in that area you can't use your items. So that's, that's only limiting us even more. Oh, and then the second okay. barrier... Is crazy. It's the one that forms after Minas Desperate Hour. Hour that uh that uh, I think it's Zant that creates it. He he puts the barrier around the castle. You know, the really big diamond. one. It is actually massive, and the collision of that barrier goes all the way up to the top, and even further down below the ground where you can't even see it. It's like a big iceberg. 
But it's even thinner than the one in Wind Waker, which is funny. It's like paper thin, even though it looks really thick. But we can't find a way past that either. Um, ways have been tried. I think that a lot of the community is just kind of comfortable with the idea that it won't ever be found. But I've I've seen a few, um, a, a couple people uh, that I've been friends with in the community lately start wanting to push more to kind of glitch hunt and see if they could find a way past it. I have a friend who's convinced that there is a way past that barrier. And I'm I'm not going to doubt that there's a way. I have no idea at this point. I'm just kind of going with the flow. But um, if a way is found, I, um, you know, if, if it's found, it's found. So it's just taking a while. So theoretically, if they if they do figure out a way to make it past the second barrier, how much of the run do you think that would cut out? Like, at what point do you you think it would be, oh, we can just go straight from, you know, Minna's Desperate Hour into the final dungeon, or there probably be other things you would have to pick up before that to make it feasible? So I think that a lot of that would depend on like what you had to do to get to the point where you could skip it, like if there were certain weird requirements for it or whatever, but assuming that it just required getting there, uh, you can skip that requirement in Hyrule Castle, actually. So let's say that you are able to skip the barrier and you enter Hyrule Castle. Ways have been found to skip even needing to use the spinner in the very last room before Ganon. Right. So if we do find barrier skip, we're ready. Um, people have found ways to you know get around that type of stuff if it were found. But um, but if if say the uh, the spinner was the thing that was required to get through the barrier, then you would have to go through Arbiter's Ground. Yeah, yeah, you would. And I, I think if it were found, the run would probably end up being under two hours. At least. It would probably save like an hour. It's a huge, I mean, for a, you know, a almost three hour run, that's a massive difference. Yeah, the run is still like pretty considerably uh, you know, longer than uh... oh, hey, you're back. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's it's considerably longer than the rest of the 3D Zeldas by far. So you got Ocarina of Time, any percent's like seven minutes long. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And not the not the most entertaining in my opinion, but you know, for the 3D Zelda challenge, I gotta do it. So Majora's Mask's like half an hour, Wind Waker's like one hour, Skyward Sword's an hour and a half, Breath of the Wild's like half an hour, and then Twilight Princess is like three hours. So I mean I I guess we've got some work to do, you know? Well, it, it it sounds like it's Twilight Princess's turn because, uh, well, like Barrier Skip and Wind Waker ended up being a like really strange but like easy like uh, something no one could, would have considered. Isn't doesn't it just like not spawn in sometimes? So what? Ha- so uh, yeah, it was interesting. So the first way to skip the barrier was found. Um, it was kind of unintuitive. But it was discovered that you could dupe arrows. So basically, Link could pull out an infinite number of arrows and they wouldn't despawn. And what that does is it loads more and more arrows into the game's memory. So the idea is to load enough arrows into the game's memory that it runs out of memory and the barrier just straight up doesn't spawn. But it's incredibly... The trick was really, really annoying because you had to count a very specific number of times that you duped arrows respawned the room a very specific number of times. I don't know. There was there was a lot of factors that went into it that could easily mess up the trick. And it was a, it was really, really specific and picky. It was very nitpicky. 
And then somebody figured out how to use a bomb to push through it, so that saved it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that over uh, uh, messing with the memory is you know always a classic sort of thing in speed runs of like, well, why don't we just try just completely messing with the memory of the game and see if we can do it that way or something like that. But yep, yeah. Also, also just pushing yourself through with a bomb is yeah, that works too. <laughs> Kind of on the the subject of you know, you know Ocarina and then Breath of the Wild, where the the runs are getting super super short. You know, Ocarina only being a few minutes. You feel like there's a balance that you have to strike um, between you know how entertaining or how fun that run is, or and how fast that run is. Is speed your main motivator, or is there a certain aspect of is this run fun? Yeah, that is a big thing, honestly. Um, sometimes tricks come by that just kind of ruin the entertainment, like arbitrary code execution, Ocarina of Time. That that was a big one. Or maybe even SRM, you know? But I think that's also kind of the reason that different categories are made. So if you want to run a category that still has, you know, the fun parts, you you can run that category. And if you're going for the speed, that one's also available still, too. So that's really nice to be able to have those different subdivisions that you can choose to run. Yeah, because honestly, uh, or sorry, and obviously, since you made the you know true hundred percent category, the the two hundred percent category, you like playing the game enough to want to do more of it. So I know I'm freaking crazy. (laughs) (laughs) How could I do this to myself? Well. When when we played through uh, Majora's Mask, uh, uh, Jeremy, our our the other, you know, another you know other co-host, um, uh, Jeremy was like, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna hundred percent the game. Uh, I don't have a hundred percent file of Majora's Mask on uh, of the 3D version at least, so I think I'm gonna do that. And then, kind of after a moment's thought, he was like, "Well, I'm not going to do the fishing stuff." Like, and I, yeah, that that doesn't count for me for 100. percent So, like, yeah, even I didn't even think about that. Even like 100 percent runs aren't technically max percent or you know true 100. percent Yeah, it, it, this determining what counts as 100 percent is often not even like set by Nintendo. Nintendo often just straight up won't have a 100% counter. Breath of the Wild has one, which is nice, but Mm -hmm. that's why often it's up to the community of the speedruns to decide what they would count as 100%, and often what they stick with is what's on the inventory screen, or like Mm -hmm. the the HUD, the HUD, pretty much. Um, Right. And then true 100% could be like getting every chest and all that stuff, and yes, 200% includes fishing. Yeah, yeah. But it's not as bad as Ocarina of Time's fishing, in my opinion. Ocarina of Time's fishing can can go die. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. Yeah, i've I've tried to I've tried many things over the years to try and make it easier to get the fish I want in Ocarina of Time, and it's just at, at some point there's just me standing like with iron boots halfway into the water trying to like just get the one fish to see <laughs> see my rot like no it never gets any easier no nope. uh, so is there just a certain point during your true 100 percent run uh or 200 percent run that uh 
that like okay this is the fishing part now this is this is when i leave to go fish now i'm never like i was never too up? nervous about it because there's actually uh my, my good friend anarakis he he did the the world famous low percent speed run of twilight princess that ended up oh, okay. also on the lowest percent like youtube channel has like a few million views or something i don't know but he he kind of he has the world record in low percent right now with like a 23 hour time <laughs> and uh he he's you know about this bc I, I did not know there was a 23 hour run. Is it okay? Is it seg- or is it like, is that like his best segments in 23 hours or did he sit for 23 hours? So, uh, do you want to, uh, JD, do you want to explain like kind of what low percent means? Yes. Uh, first and then kind of explain this. <laughs> so, low percent basically means complete the game, but with as few items as possible. So this can end up meaning the run would be longer than any percent, but it has fewer items at the end than you would end up getting in any percent, if that makes sense. So if you have, if you have a 20 hour time, or sorry, if you have a 20 minute time that ends the game with, let's say seven items and gets world record, and then somebody comes along and gets a 20 minute or wait, no, sorry. Yeah, did I say 20 minutes or 20 hours? I said 20 hours. You, so you say, if you have a 20 minute time with, with seven items and then okay, so yeah. get rid of one of those items and, and gets, still beat the game. So no matter how long the person's run is, if their item count is lower than the world record, then that's the new world record. The idea is just to have as few items as possible. So for Twilight Princess, this is an interesting case because there's there's a funny trick called rupee sliding. Um, or, if, or otherwise known as someone went and got a snack and, uh, you know, took a break and came back. You're on the right. You're on the right later. track. Somebody, you know, somebody went and got a snack, maybe slept for eight hours and then went to work and then came back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So when Link opens a chest and he gets an item from it, or or even just picks up an item like a rupee, he has this like animation where he's sitting there like this, right, holding it up. And if you leave him there like that for long enough, he slides. He's he's sliding at an extremely extremely slow speed, but he's moving. So if you give him enough time, he can clip through a wall. And that's the idea. You do that several times in low percent, including a 16-hour slide. <laughs> so yeah, he, he kind of has this this swaying animation ever so slightly, but the animation never connects back around. Like it's not a it's not an infinite loop. It it sort of ends a frame or two early or something like that. Pretty much, yeah. There's one frame of the animation that's missing, so that creates an offset. And yeah, over time, enough offsets uh, allows you to skip some uh, some posts or something. And uh, yeah, yep, exactly. <laughs> and that becomes the new low percent. Exactly. I'm just trying to imagine discovering this, just like coming back from from work or a snack or anything like that and all of a sudden link is halfway across the map that's actually how it was discovered the trick was discovered when a runner named zaylux was 
I think he was just like practicing or playing casually or something. He was in Snow Peak Ruins. He opened the key with the bedroom key, the the boss key, and then just you know walked away and came back like the next day. Saw that Link was like behind the chest and almost inside the wall, and he was like, "What?" So instantly, you know, the community started looking into why that happened. And Dragon Bane, he's um, he is one of the most prominent glitch hunters for TP. He's found so many things and he's been part of the community for a long time. He's even developed a lot of tools and stuff that help runners, but he, he looked into that, found out, Oh wow. There's a, there's a frame missing from this animation that, that explains it. That makes sense. And <laughs> then low percent became a nightmare. I think it, it was once like three or four hours before that, but then, you know, it, it got a few minutes longer, a few minutes longer. And and with um with HD they cut out the um the blue and yellow rupee uh because because I was the only one playing on uh, SD version for during on our season so every time every week I booted the game up to cover my section of the game uh every time I picked up a blue rupee or a yellow rupee I had to watch hey Link got a Link got a rupee um over again oh that is so painful in skyward sword (laughs) skyward sword is so bad about that yeah um i well it skyward sword also doesn't have the ability to to, because i would try to remember that i hadn't picked one up yet turn into the dog and then pick it up because the dog just looks so adorable when he's holding up a rupee so (laughs) there you (laughs) go made it a little bit better um but yeah, so that that uh, increases the amount of of chances that you you would have to be able to to do those or different the places you could do that in where yeah exactly as in in HD you would have to wait until you know like well there's a key right here so uh yeah I guess this is the this is the closest spot I've got so <laughs> yeah they're very convenient for that. Is there anything HD has that the other versions don't as far as skips? Hmm, I'm pretty sure there are. Um, man, I wish I knew more about the HD run, but I think I'm just kind of forgetting right now. I, I, uh, I've never learned the run for the HD version, so I know that it does, or it maybe at least did. I don't know if it still does. Maybe it does. Virus skip, so you can skip Goron Mines by drinking a bottle of, or is it a bottle of milk or filling your lantern, something like that. You refill your lantern with a bottle of oil. At the same time as Epona drops through like the ground, and as the lantern gets filled, Link continues falling. So you basically go low enough that once the lantern gets full, you're low enough that so you can start dashing with Epona around to like enter Laneru early. Oh, okay. It's fancy. <laughs> uh, how's the uh, how's the Twilight Princess randomizer coming? Oh, it's fun. It's um yeah. It's not quite at version 1.0 yet, but it's it's mm-hmm. doing really well and there's progress being made on it. Uh, we haven't gotten too many updates on it lately, but the developer AX, he's he's working on the project and making sure it gets to that 1.0 release. But beta's been doing really well and it's really fun to play on. Mhm. Is it just is he the only one working on it? Does he have any help? There are a few other people working on it too. Okay. So he's not alone. Yeah, I know Gymnast has been uh working on the OOT three D randomizer, so but 
he he was doing a, a like working on a task a couple years ago, right? So, um, or was that for HD? I don't know. I don't know. But I know. I know he made the TP test. Okay. Okay. Um. But yeah. So. Yeah, I can't imagine. I would like to to now. That's that's. I don't need to talk about how much I would like to learn TAS. I never will. I never will. <laughs> I'm never going to be that person. Um. But yeah. So so. Uh. Like, do you do you ever stream randomizers? Do you ever or, or play them or like? Occasionally, I stream randomizers when I'm doing it with like friends. It's fun okay. to do it with a group of people. Yeah, to to race and and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. Oh uh, yeah, how long is that? How long have they been working on that? Um, I want to say around a year now, maybe. Okay. Yeah, it's been going for a good bit. It's had a, it's had breaks on and off. Mm-hmm. So I guess I would ask: Are there any games? Um, one of the things we do on the podcast is we play Zelda likes. So games that are either contemporaries of some of the earlier Zeldas or games that have been inspired by Zeldas. Um, so we think back to like the Sega Genesis days. We played a couple games that are, you know, were competitors to Zelda. Uh, and now there are so many indie games that are clearly working from the Zelda f- formula or, you know, developers grew up playing Zelda. Uh, are there any non-Zelda games that are, you know, I guess you would say Zelda likes, or we would say Zelda likes, that you play or that you speedrun? Um, I have speedrun non-Zelda games, but I don't, I don't know if I would quite say that they were very much like Zelda. They were all kind of unique in their own way. Yeah, honestly, no, not really. Zelda's just really special. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What else do you speedrun? I have done speedruns of Amnesia, The Dark Descent. So so first-person horror. I have done uh, Undertale. Yeah. Which which path did you take in Undertale? Did you do the uh, pacifist run or...? All of them, a lot of times. But I guess my first time ever playing it, I, I, I went for pacifist. I think I messed it up, though, and I ended up doing neutral, so... (laughs) <laughs> I, I was lucky enough that I had heard enough I had enough friends that had played Undertale that they were like just don't hurt anything so <laughs> yeah pretty much and then I also uh, I've I've run Celeste before that's an incredible one I enjoyed that Ooh, yeah just a really good game in general yeah that's one of my one of my favorites I mean to, to play and uh like I make sure if it shows up at a at a GDQ event or something like that that I'm that I'm on the couch that night. Yeah, I mean I, I practically have a uh, uh, a screen somewhere nearby me all week when when GDQs are happening anyway. But uh, Celeste nice. is definitely a treat to to watch, um, especially just because the 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 developers of that game knew what they were doing. There's there's like no unintended tech almost in that game. Everything in there is in the code, and and uh, for the most part, um, yeah, exactly. So they they embrace the speedrunning tricks. It's really cool to see. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. What what do you run in Celeste? I just did any percent. I'm okay. I ended up getting a PB of like forty five minutes, and then 
called it good there, but I, I'm interested in going back and doing some more runs of it mm-hmm. in the future. I know we've talked 3D Zeldas, but have you played any of the 2D Zeldas? I have, yeah. Um, they they don't tend to interest me as much as the 3D ones, but I have played several that I really enjoyed still, yeah. Yeah, that seems to be a, kind of a break with, like, um, a lot of, like, major franchises when, you know, for speedrunners. Like, you know, a, a lot of the Mario speedrunners don't do, they'll either do 2D or 3D, or Sonic speedrunners will do either 2D or 3D, or yeah. same thing with Zelda speedrunners. Um, yeah, uh, you talked about how you did, like, you know, you know Mario games as a kid. Do you do any Mario speedruns or anything like that? <laughs> I've I've never finished learning a Mario run. I was I was learning Mario yeah. Odyssey at one point, but then eventually uh took a break from that. Um I'm still interested in maybe learning a Mario game someday. <clears throat> I'm not a, mm-hmm. against the idea at all. I yeah, I do love I do love Mario games. Um yeah. Um we just recently finished playing uh Twilight Princess. Uh and while while it's fresh in my mind, how how broken is is Hyrule Castle? Like, what what do you do? what's the process for when you get into the final area? Like, if you were able to do barrier skip with you know, let's say most of the of the of the weapons in any percent, how do you go about breaking a Hyrule Castle in the normal run? Yeah, yeah. So in the normal run, you already have the items that are normally required to get through Hyrule Castle because they're required for other things, anyways. Mm-hmm. or you just generally need them. So uh, that's not an issue. Basically, what you do is you you know how you can take two different paths at the beginning of the dungeon to get several mm-hmm. keys. The fastest way to go about it is to just get one key, and you go left, you fight King Boblin, get a key from him. You can do like a one-frame backflip, and if you get that backflip, you can save war- save warp in the middle of it and save like three seconds. It's freaking great. And... Uh, <laughs> Then you then you go inside. You climb you climb up there. You fight the dark nut. Then you go. Um, then you have a, another fork. Um, a split in the path. You know, like you can go left or right. So you go right there. You do the because um, the bow is actually required for one of them. You need the bow for it. And since you don't have the bow, obviously you'll want to take the other way since you have the lantern. Because you you've skipped uh, Goron Mines. Yeah. Exactly. And then you go outside eventually. You you blow up a couple of uh, Lizalfos with a bomb, which is kind of fun. Fun strategy. Very <laughs> fast way to kill them. pushovers in this game. Like, they'll, they'll die to, like, a, you know, a spin attack or two, like... Or a bomb arrow. Yeah, or a bomb arrow. Like, I, I was I was really disappointed when, when we wouldn't, like... Even the further into the game I got, like, they never really seemed to get much harder, except they just got maybe more armor. Yeah, pretty much. The bomb bombs are always the way to fight them, and and runs pretty much every time you see one of those guys, you just like bomb arrow, and then they're dead. Okay. Otherwise, you'll you... you'll do a couple slashes and then a quick spin or spin attack. Mm-hmm. And then you said you don't even really <clears throat> need the spinner for that uh, that last little section. Oh, since you have the spinner, it'll just be much faster to use it for sure. Oh, okay. Plus, like, to skip like... the spinner, you need bombs. And at this point in the run, you're just about out of bombs. Mm-hmm. Is it uh, like a 
um uh like a, a bomb uh what is it uh like a bomb booster what what is it called when you like use a, an explosion to push you forward or something uh, yeah like damage boosting yeah yeah uh, yeah so to skip using the spinner there along with the double claw shots there's one for that too um it, it's basically just a combination of using the boomerang to send a bomb a certain direction and then have the bomb come back to you as you like do a jump and then end up on a ledge avoid okay. like the spinner track guys and go from there it's it's pretty crazy but it's doable um mm -hmm. you don't do that in the run just because you have the items you need so you just go through like normal very quick and and then would the... that be something oh sorry i was would that be something you'd do in a randomizer if you had to i don't know if anyone ever has um it would be very nuts if they did <laughs> sorry you're, you're about to i cut you off no you're good you're good um and then there's that final dark nut before the boss door you can skip him and it's oh, actually yeah. it's pretty hilarious how you do it there's literally a torch next to the boss door and if you just walk close enough to it but far enough so that you don't enter the cutscene that gets you into the dark nut fight you can just oh. claw shot that torch and you just go through it <laughs> <laughs> okay big oversight in my opinion it's and it's hilarious too how long that took to get discovered by speedrunners for how easy it is to do like you you just claw shot a target that's it and it's not even precise um but it didn't get found until like a while it was kind of funny when it did get found mm -hmm. and then from there ganon uh, gandorf is just like pretty much the same just kind of an optimized fight for the most part, Ganondorf's actually pretty stressful. So the reason for that is the first phase of the fight where you're fighting Zelda and she uh, throws the electric mm. balls at you, you have to do three of them, uh, shoot them back at her. And normally you play like tennis, but you can actually uh, get it to hit her instantly just by doing a spin attack underneath her when she fires it, and you'll never have to like bounce back and forth with it. But oh, okay. the, the thing that's rough is the insane amount of RNG. So if you're on a really good pace run, Zelda can easily kill it just by being a dummy. So um, just by floating around, she she does attacks in cycles, and the minimum fastest amount of cycles you can get is seven. That's what everyone always hopes for, but it can also go up to like fifteen or something ridiculous like that, and that automatically just loses you like one or two minutes. Mm -hmm. So it's just a a game of luck during that phase. Otherwise, it's an extremely easy fight. Then you fight, you know, Beast Ganon, and there's some cool strats you do for that too. And then horseback, and then the fight itself. Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine. I, I mean, I'm sure there are ways to make the horseback section easier, but I can't imagine. I, I spent so much time on that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard casually. When I when I first played that part as a kid, I had a very rough time. <laughs> Mm -hmm. but yes there are there are ways we have found to uh, optimize it a little more make it more consistent yeah there's no way to manipulate the uh uh zelda rng or, or patterns or anything like that at all it's just all all luck at that point there might be actually i think that's what the task does but it's extremely hard to replicate mm -hmm. yeah 
<laughs> as is as is sometimes the or a lot of times the case with TAS stuff. Yep. So um, before before we wrap up, we have to ask you, and you can say this casually or from the speedrunning perspective. Rate your top five Zeldas. <laughs> okay. Number five would probably well let me think about my they're they're each gonna be three D Zelda games. That's so that's yeah, already rate, a given. So rate, the, but rate the six three D Zelda games. <laughs> I, I okay, I'll just rank the six that, that works. What's my least favorite one? Six for me might be Ocarina of Time, but I also you know, I still really like it, so I it's not that I don't like it. It it counts as my sixth, I think. And then fifth would probably be uh Oh, this is tough. <laughs> it is. Maybe Wind Waker. And then fourth, perhaps, would be Skyward Sword. And then third would be Majora's Mask. Second, Breath of the Wild. And first, Twilight Princess. Yeah. Okay. And is it just because, you know, that was your, your first Zelda game? It's the one that grabbed you. It's it's like it just means the most to you. Pretty much. Yeah. I you know what I can't I can't fault you. That's that's how I you know, that's how I feel about Ocarina, so And like I just I know the most about the game too compared to the others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. No, uh our our other co host Jeremy tries to to get us to to update our rankings at the end of every season and BC and I are always just kinda like uh, I don't, I don't know, man. Um, it's tough. I gotta think about it, I guess. So you know, yeah, it, yeah. So, sorry, it, it, it's not entirely fair for the two of us to be the ones to make you to make you rank it on the spot like that. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> um, yeah. BC, do you got anything else? No, I was just gonna say thanks so much for talking with us and uh, taking some time to talk about. Twilight Princess, um, if people want to see you, uh, see your runs or follow you, is there, um, do you have Instagram, Twitter? Where can we find you? Uh, Twitch would be the main thing for me. Uh, my, my name on Twitch is just JDLM. Okay. All right. Is there a night that's best or a night you're always streaming? I, I just kind of stream when I can and when I feel like it. I haven't been doing it too much lately just because my wife and I are crazy busy with lots of things at the moment and getting things figured out. We're about to be moving to a new place too. Um, I'm also figuring out school and other than that, I'm just working. So a little busy, but yeah, I stream when I can and when I feel like doing runs or whatever else I may feel like streaming. Okay. Don't have a, don't quite have a super set schedule at the moment, but I hope to someday get to that point. Uh, any anything else from the the community that you want to highlight? Just uh, if people are interested in running Twilight Princess, or you know, you know, want to talk to people about it, like you know, where they can go for that. The Discord channel for Twilight Princess speedrunning is the place to go. Um, if you if you have questions, or want to start, or need help with a trick, or just anything, post your PB, uh, get some GGs, you know. 
uh, <laughs> everybody is super awesome and kind and willing to help you out. Um, it's, it's really cool. Very nice community. I'm glad to be a part of it. Cool. Okay. Well, um, yeah. Thank you so much for talking to us. Um, no problem. Yeah. Twilight Princess is one hell of a game. Jeremy here jumping in at the end. Thank you so much, JD, for taking the time to come on our show and talk about Twilight Princess and how quickly you can beat that game. You can find link to his Twitch in the show notes. Be sure to check it out. If any of this stuff sounds interesting to you, we haven't really talked too much about speedrunning on the show, but it's a very popular thing. Uh, if you haven't seen it yourself, you should check it out. It's a very interesting thing. You could fall in love with it immediately. It's kind of cool. Some of the stuff uh, that they do on there, you could play a game, be obsessed with it for years, not realize there were all these tricks and glitches to complete your favorite game in 15 minutes. It's kind of cool. Like I said, check it out in the show notes. If you didn't hear our next season for Gaiden, it's going to be Oceanhorn Monster of Uncharted Seas. That game is available on all the modern systems, including mobile. You can check it out, play along with us. But if you could stick around for one more minute, I'm just going to kick it over to some greenlit podcast shows. Maybe you'll find something new over there that you like too. Come on in. What can I get you? Sure, I've heard of Hair of the Dogcast. They're that podcast about video games and beer. From the latest gaming headlines to diving deep into the games of yesterday to sampling and reviewing craft beer from all over the world, Hair of the Dogcast is here for the gamer and beer lover in all of us. Available weekly on the Greenlit Podcast Network. On the Super Nintendo Dad's Entertainment Podcast, catch us grumbling about the news every Monday on the Morning Dadcast, chatting with industry professionals, and most importantly, teaching our kids just how incredible or horrible 80s and 90s video game and pop culture truly was. All right, what else you got? The Sega Slingshot. <laughs> Don't have a cow, man. <laughs> the blast processing was really fast. Why can knuckles fly even? Tide prawn dough. What does that even mean? Samurai Pizza Cats. Gabe, we almost named you Guido Anchovy. <laughs> Doing a Belvedere requires a set of low hangers. <laughs> right here on Greenlit. Hey there, this is Jeremy Parrish, and if you're a fan of classic video game soundtracks, or if you just love 20-minute rock epics about war-ready armadillos that battle Catholicism, you should listen to Alexander's Ragtime Band. Join the power trio of myself, Elliot Long, and James Eldred each month as we talk about the most pretentious music of all, progressive rock, right here on the Greenlit Podcast Network.